This dynamic Bible-based message was recorded at Good Hope Christian Center. Now, let's listen to this exciting, Holy Spirit-inspired message. Amen. You can be seated. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. We've been spending a few weeks just speaking about the blessing. And speaking about the blessing, there's a number of areas that we have covered, and we talked about the blessing of the firstborn. And most of you will be fully aware that when you sneeze, even around individuals who don't know Jesus, they'll say, bless you. I think a few weeks ago as I was preaching, someone sneezed, and my automatic response was to say, bless you. And when we look at it and we see where that comes from, we notice in the Scripture, in the New Testament, you'll find throughout Scripture that the Father's blessing was vitally important. The blessing of the firstborn was vitally important because the firstborn got a double portion of the inheritance. The firstborn received the property. The firstborn would be responsible for the family. And when we're born again of the Spirit, Jesus was the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. When you come to Jesus and you are born of the Spirit, it is exactly the same as the conversation with Nicodemus that Jesus had. Nicodemus comes to him at night and asks him a question, and he's a ruler of the Pharisees, a well-educated and intelligent theologian, and he says to him, Nicodemus, what is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. Your spirit man is more real than the fleshly man. We pay so much attention to the flesh. You get a pimple or a zit or whatever on your nose and you look it in the mirror and you squeeze it. Your wife will see blackheads and tell you we need to get rid of them. Um, you get aware we whiten our teeth or pull them out or we're aware of the physical man. We're aware of how we dress and we should. That's just by the way, ladies, if you're looking for a man, make sure his shoes are polished. Because if he doesn't polish his shoes or brush his teeth, bad starting place. Because he needs to love himself. See, a, a man can't love a woman unless he's first been loved. That's why the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and your neighbor as yourself. You can't love your neighbor till you love God, and then you can love yourself. And so when you come into the presence of God and you're born of the Spirit and you're born into a family, even in natural birth, the consideration is that the older son will always be more responsible. Not necessarily true, but that is the consideration, and it's been that way for time and eternity. The eldest born, whether it's an eldest daughter, will be more responsible because they understand the parent better. They understand the struggles the younger children have had. They've gone through some stuff to get to where they are. And that's why the Bible says 
It takes you a while to get wisdom, and by that time, your hair has gone gray. Book of Proverbs says gray hair shows wisdom. Well, you could die at gray too, but anyhow. Didn't say you're smart, it just says you've lived life for a while and gone through some things. So when we begin to look at the blessing that generationally would be passed down, passed on to Jesus, Jesus at Calvary passes it to the body of Christ. Paul, who's the writer of Ephesians, looks at you and I, and he said, blessed be, he recognizes the Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our elder brother, who has, and he uses both names, he uses Jesus, his earthly name, and Christ, his resurrected name, the anointed one, who has blessed us. He has blessed us. A lot of times we walk around and it's our own mouth. So I want to spend a little bit of time this morning speaking to you about blessing, or to put it another way, spoken favor. Spoken favor will put you before kings. Spoken favor will open doors to you that no one else will open. Spoken favor will get you in places that no one else can get you in. If you're connected to the right individual who can speak favor over your life or blessing over your life. And so when we look at blessing in the, the Greek language, it means to be happy. So blessed people are happy. Didn't say they're problem-free. They're happy. Another part of the Greek language says you get larger. You grow larger. So anybody who's larger, part of being blessed. Uh, the Dunkin' Donuts, the uh, Krispy Kremes, uh, blessed coming in and blessed going out. But to get larger means there's a greater capacity. It, to be fortunate, we a lot of time look at blessing just as favor. But favor is a lot more than someone doing you a favor or being favored. Being favored will get you from the back of the line to the front of the line. Being favored will take you from outside the gate and into the palace. Being favored will move your life in ways you can never, ever imagine. But the first place you want favor is not with a human being. The first place you want favor is with the God of all favor and the God of all blessing. Because if you're blessed by God, you're blessed. And we're going to touch on a little bit more. And the Hebrew language comes from the word Barak. And I wasn't going to use it too long because some will think it was the president of America. But in the Hebrew word, Barak means a gift or a present. To kneel and to respect. When you go into the presence of a king, or even if you go into the Queen of England, the ladies will curtsy, the men will bow. Because it's a sign of respect. If you go into Japan, the people will bow. From the eldest to the youngest. It's part of culture. It's part of what happens to show respect. But when we come into the presence of God, we bow down and we worship Him because we know where our favor comes from. It means to salute. Salute means we understand that there is a hierarchy. And whether you are um, a chauvinist or a feminist, there's always going to be a hierarchy. Someone's going to be in charge. 
So just get over yourself. Someone's going to be in charge. Things don't just work as a democracy. Someone is going to take responsibility and be in charge. So ever you want to define a hierarchy, knock yourself out. Amen. So when we look at the word Barak, it also means a double portion. So with this came the things that I mentioned previously, responsibility, reliability, and generosity. Because to be blessed, you're going to have to be responsible. People just like, I don't want to be responsible. That's why I said if a man can't polish his shoes, he can't clean his car. If he can't clean his car, he can't get a job. Because it may be just too much to work. If a mother can't look after her children, you've got a problem. Responsible. Reliable. If you're going to be late, call people, I'm going to be late. But show up. Show up. Be reliable. So that people can say, I can count on them. If they say, I'm going to do it, I never have to bother again, it'll be done. And then generosity, because when you're the eldest, you're going to have to be the most generous. God is the most generous. He gives His only Son. His only Son goes back to heaven. He gives us the Holy Ghost. God is a generous God. And whenever we talk about generosity, people always think about a little bird with his wings up in the air. I asked someone what was that. They said it's the secretary bird on the coins. I thought it was hands up. <laughs> they said, no, it's the secretary bird on our money. Well, some of you will get it later. Amen. But notice when we begin to speak about the blessing of God, you will begin to see a couple of things that where there are slight differences, and I'll move to the Word in a few moments. But you'll find that when we talk about being blessed, miracles are wonderful, but blessing is better. You see, a miracle is something you need in a crisis, and you only get one of them. But a blessing will sustain you through the crisis. A miracle will heal you, but the blessing will keep you healed. A miracle suspends the laws of nature, but God actually put the power and the ability in your mouth to determine what happens in nature. Go, if you would, to Genesis 1, verse 27 to 29, and there's much more that we can say about miracles, but I just wanted to draw the parallel between miracles and blessing. Notice this, so God created man in his own image, that means an exact duplication of kind in the Hebrew. In the image of God created he him, male and female. Whether you like it, whatever, there's male and female. Then God... Bless them. He creates them first. Blesses them. What does he do after he makes his man and his woman? He blesses them. And the blessing is be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish 
of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Verse 29, and God said, see, now I'm going to stop there. See, I have made. God creates, gives man territorial authority about a 3,000 or let's say 5,000 kilometer by 5,000 kilometer area. Territorial. You can go into your neighborhood and take authority in the area and there's territorial blessing. When you go to Bongo and Corsi, it's territorial blessing. When you walk into this building, it's territorial blessing. That's why the Bible says, wherever the foot of your, the sole of your foot treads, I've given it to you as an inheritance. You don't walk in there saying, I'll wait for government to give me the land. You can walk on the land and command the land to be yours. Because if you're going to wait for governments, you'll wait a long time. Oh my. Territorial blessing. Spoken word. Speaking blessing over your children. Blessing over your motor vehicles. Blessing over your house. Blessing over your wallet. Blessing over your body. It takes as much effort to bless as it does to curse. A lot of people curse. And, and I said, uh, I was just educated this way where a gentleman said to me one day where he heard people using four-letter words. He said, what a shame. They must be highly uneducated because they're unable to articulate themselves in their mother tongue. And I thought, that's true. There's only so many four-letter words you can string together. But being able to use the same expression to tell a person to get lost in exceptional English is a lot better than just saying get lost, which is a four-letter word in case you're not sure. I can see some of your minds going click, 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 click. Amen. So when we begin to see blessing, and we go to the book of, of Numbers, and we'll find it in chapter 22, chapter 23, chapter 24, chapter 25. I'm not going to read through this entire passage. But what has taken place is the children of Israel have come out, out of Egypt under the leadership of Moses. And they've counted the people. They know who's there. They know the tribes. They know the families. And God had said to the people, don't intermarry with other individuals because when you intermarry with them, you bring their gods, you bring their spirits, you bring their curses, you bring their bondages, you bring their stuff with them. So it wasn't just about being Jewish. Because when they left Egypt, there was a mixed multitude. It was about not being unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. People say, well, I'll marry him and save him. No, let him get saved. Don't marry him. You'll say, why? Because when a person is not serving the Lord, the Bible is clear. Jesus said to the scribes and Pharisees, you're of your father the devil. You never knew him. You behave like him. Your language is like his language. You curse, you don't bless. 
You just don't behave the way a person who has God as their father behaves, who has an elder brother like Jesus who will go to war for you and win a fight, or a nurturing mother like the Holy Spirit who will take care of you. You just don't understand the family dynamics, and when you get born again, you get married into the family, and the dynamics of your past changes, and the curses of the past break loose, and God doesn't want you to be carrying over the Bura Republic, the colonial English or the Dutch, or the colonial Japanese who moved into China, or the colonial Romans who conquered the world. See, there's only one tribe when you come into the kingdom, and that tribe is blood-washed, spirit-bought, a father who loves us, when you come in, we're all blood-bought and brought in as firstborn. And the blessing God spoke over Adam is the blessing over Jesus. Jesus is called the second Adam in Galatians or the last Adam. What was he doing? God was setting his garden in earth. The earth is the Lord's. Some of us have such crazy theology. Well, God's going to just burn everybody up with fire. Yeah, we are getting to the end of the age. God doesn't need to destroy the earth. We just do it all by ourselves. All we have to do is shoot a few nuclear weapons around, and we're done. Men will destroy themselves if left to themselves without a loving heavenly Father. Men are capable of extremely wicked and destructive things. You only have to see the Nazi concentration camps. Or go to China where Mao Zedong murdered 80 million people. Or go to Russia. And I've been to these places. Been to Russia where 20 million we know of were murdered in the name of Lenin and Marx. Or go to Rwanda where a million people were murdered in 100 days and the weapons supplied by a government official. And they won't allow you to take his photograph to put it online and he's living somewhere in Europe, possibly in one of the French-speaking countries, and he's a war criminal. The heart of man is deceitfully wicked, but when you come into the family of God, he says, I'll put a new heart within you. I'll take away the stony heart and put a heart of flesh into you, and I will bless you. So Israel's come out of Egypt, traveling through the wilderness. Moses is the leader. Aaron is the priest. They make sacrifices every day. And as they're traveling through the wilderness, they're such powerful people that they conquer everybody. They're just conquering everyone. And they go, these wandering Israelites, these wandering Christians who speak about their purpose and their future and the Holy Ghost, they are such a pain we need to deal with them. So what they do is as they're moving toward a place called Moab and a crowd called the Moabites, as they're moving towards it, they're coming towards a king, and when they come to a king and get near to this king's place, the king's name is Balak. 
and there's a prophet called Balaam. So Balaam, the prophet, is called by the king, Balak. And when he calls by Balak, Balak thinks that Balaam is his lackey. But the problem with Balaam is he'd been messed up by religion, so he wanted to be paid for his prophetic service. And so the king said to him, I'll pay you a whole lot of bucks if you see all of these people who are so blessed to speak a curse on them. And when you begin to study through the Scripture, you find that Balaam lies to the king, doesn't tell him the truth all the time, because he's trying to work a way how he can get to the bucks. And the Lord tells him, you can't do this. And next week I'm going to speak about, do you have an ass in your life? Next Sunday morning, Balaam had an ass in his life. But that's another story come next Sunday morning. And so here he is. <laughs> Strange church. Here he is. He's called as a prophet to prophesy destruction. Oh, I know it's online and, uh, you know, whatever. Some of you might be married to that ass, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. But what the king realizes is that Balaam has the power in his mouth because he's blessed by God to speak a blessing or to speak a curse. And the king says to him, what I would like you to do is look at all these people who've been so blessed. Look at these people who came out of Egypt and took their silver and their gold and all of their wealth. Look at them. It's time for them to be destroyed. And so he goes up to one mountain and looks, goes up to another mountain, looks, goes up to another mountain and looks, and he cannot curse them. Numbers 23, verse 24. This is Balaam the prophet. Numbers 3, verse 24. He says, um, Numbers 23, sorry, Numbers 23, verse 20. Numbers 23, verse 20. Behold, because now Balaam's been talking to God, he's been in the presence of God, he's had a donkey talk to him, and uh, he's still trying to deal with with these people because he's going after, he's looking for the reward from the king. And now he answers, he says, Behold, I've received a command to bless. And he speaks of God, He has blessed. He has blessed. He has blessed. He has blessed you with a double portion. He has blessed you with breath. He has blessed you with authority on earth. He has blessed you with the salute of the king. He has blessed you with the gift of a king. He has blessed you. And he goes on and he said, and I cannot reverse it. I have good news for you. When you come into the kingdom of God, it doesn't matter how people try to curse you. They cannot reverse the blessings spoken over your life. No devil in hell can reverse. No individual in your family can reverse it. No lawyer can reverse it. 
No political government can reverse it when there is a command to bless. And when we as a people get into agreement with God and there is a command to bless, we bless our children when they come in. We bless our children when they go out. We bless our, our groceries. We bless our food. We bless our house. We bless our wife. We bless our children. That means we speak favor and good things over them. We don't say, oh, you know, they're terrible people. We wish them the worst. Even over your enemies, the Bible says, when you bless those who despitefully use you, great, in Matthew 5, is your reward in heaven. You say, well, I've been used. I've been abused. Welcome. Everyone has. Quit being a victim. Get over yourself. You don't know how terrible it is. There's someone with a sadder story than yours. There's someone in a worse place than you. God brought you into their life to be a blessing. God put you in the neighborhood to be a blessing. God put you in the business to be a blessing. I had someone say to me, well, pastor, what do I do with my boss even though I don't like him? Pray blessing on him. Speak blessing on him. Speak blessing on the company. And God will either promote you and give you the company or remove him or save him. So Balaam has this whole thing. And he says, I've been commanded to bless. I understand this blessing is not based on performance. We grow up in a performance-orientated society. You better put up or shut up. Perform. Give me a show. You know, shabby doo da, whatever. Give me a show. No business like show business. And if you perform, so what do we have in business? Performance management. What do we have at school? You better perform and get A's. What do people want to try and do in the church? Perform. But it's not a performance. We came here to the house of God not to perform in His presence, but we came in His presence to say, we're blessed, we're highly favored. We came to say, Father, thank you. We made it through this week. We made it through another day. Our children are alive. Our, our car may not have a lot of fuel in it, but it's got enough. Our tires didn't blow out on us. You've taken care of us. We might not have eaten steak all week, but we had something to eat. We're blessed. So in Numbers verse 23, 21. I want to go to the next verse. He's commanded a bless. No, let's, sorry, let's go back. Uh, Numbers 23, verse 21. It says he is not. He's commanded a blessed, but God did not observe your iniquity nor did he see the wickedness. God didn't see it, didn't observe it. The Lord God is with him, and the shout of the king is amongst them. Balaam looks and he says, if they were bad people, I could curse them. God wouldn't be with them but I can't curse, I've been commanded to bless. 
And even though Balaam is telling her mistruths and misdirecting the king, and he's still chasing the gold, and you'll see how he gets it. He says, can't do this because God has blessed them and overlooked their iniquity and their sin. I have good news for you. God's overlooked every mess you've made, every sin you've made, every wrong word you've said, every behavior. God overlooked it. Not because we're so good, but because He's so good. But something happened. When the prophet Balaam saw that he couldn't get the people, he said in chapter 25, send in a foreign woman. <laughs> Moses is at this point in time, he's leading the people. They're going to prophet want to curse them. They've already got the Moabites intermarrying. And all kinds of crazy stuff was going on. And so he says, I tell you what, if we go after the men's morality, I'm talking to the men. If we go after the men's morality, when I saw her walking, da 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 da. Come on now. If I can go after the men, go after their desire, then what I can do is get them into the presence of God and they'll destroy the family. So here's Moses and Aaron. They've discovered 24,000 people that have married Moabites and they weren't supposed to marry them. They're supposed to have married into the covenant people, not being unequally yoked. So Moses says, we're going to get rid of them. And while they're repenting before God and saying, God, why has the blessing left us? Why does the enemy want to attack us? Why are we in so much trouble? A man comes with his young lady right in front of them while they're worshiping. Walks right past them into the tent and sleeps with her. <laughs> oh, I like the Old Testament in some ways. Moses says to Aaron, go get a javelin and kill him and her so that the blessing of God can come back on the house of God. You'll say, Pastor Nev, that's radical. Please, I'm not telling you, go kill the guy who committed adultery. What... I what I'm saying, if you don't deal, what I'm saying, if you, with the desires of the flesh, and God's commanded blessing over you, God's commanded uh, His love over you, God's uh, looked at you and He says, I have blessed you with every heavenly blessing. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed me from the curse. Addictions are a curse. From the curse of the law, He became a curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. So why wouldn't you? 
Look at Ephesians 1 verse 3 and say, He's blessed me. I'm going to be a blessing. And I'm not going to let anything steal my blessing. And I'm going to begin to speak to every area of my life to be blessed. Would you stand together with me this morning? We hope you've been blessed by this anointed message. For information on other Good Hope Christian Center CDs and products, call 021-703-9400 or write to Good Hope Christian Center, corner of Panton and Plantation Roads, Ottery, 7800 or visit our website at www.ghcc.tv.